If you want to know what is really happening in the world today, you need to read the Pasha Hashavua, the weekly Torah reading. Join Rabbi Mendel Lipska for the next hour as he delves and enumerates the themes running through the weekly Torah Pasha, only on 101.9 High FM. And a wonderful Shabbos to all of you. Great to be with you again. And what a special Shabbos this is. Shabbos Nachmu. The Shabbos of consolation, not only consolation, but Nachamu, Nachamu, a double consolation. A consolation that not only brings comfort to us for what we've lost, but replaces that what we've lost. The first temple, the second temple, please God, very soon with the coming of Mashiach, speedily in our day, the third temple to rebuild. And this is the Shabbos that comes straight after Tisha B'Av. Yesterday we were fasting. Yesterday we were in a state of extreme sadness. Yesterday we were thinking about destruction. We were thinking about Churban. We were thinking about the exile of the people. We were thinking about the Holy of Holies being desecrated by vile and violent men. Today, Arab Shabbos, we go straight into Shabbos Nachmo. Hashem says to the prophet Isaiah, Yeshayahu, who talks to us, Nachamu, Nachamu Ami. Console you, console you, my people. My people deserve to be consoled. We have suffered long enough in the bitter and long exile. We have gone through so many trials and tribulations. We have gone through so many enemies who tried to decimate us. Nachamu, nachamu, ami. The prophet comes to ensure that we will ultimately be consoled. But before we continue with that, just a quick word from the Rambam. After all, we're still talking about the Bet HaMikdash, and this will continue for a few more days. So just quickly, one of the interesting details of the Bet HaMikdash, it had what was known as the Lishkat HaGazit. It was the chamber of the Yun of the cut rock. It was like a little amphitheater, half in the holy area, half out the holy area, and that amphitheater housed the Sanhedrin, the high court, the supreme court, the 71-member court who made final and great decisions as far as Jewish law is concerned. And they sat on this amphitheater, people would sit in front. And this is something that we have to remember, that the temple was not only a place of service, of prayer, it was a place of study, and not only Torah study, but Torah study that comes down to halakha, that comes down to an absolute and clear ruling in terms of what we had to do. The Bet HaMikdash was the center of Jewish life, not only geographically, not only spiritually, but it contained all the elements of service, of Torah study, of telling us how to behave on a daily basis. And this is what we mourned yesterday. But today, we are overwhelmed with the joyous information, with the joyous prophecy that Isaiah gives us, Nachamu, Nachamu Ami, people, you will be comforted, you will be consoled. And it's important for us to understand that consolation, consolation in human terms is limited, because even though, God forbid, a person might be in a state of loss, in a state of mourning, in a state of grief, friends come to console. And that consolation helps. It eases the pain within the heart. It eases the pain within the mind. It eases the pain of loss of suffering. However, it's not complete. Whereas divine consolation, divine consolation is not only something which brings extreme comfort and a tremendous sense of ease from the pain that one experiences through loss, but the divine consolation actually replaces 
that which was lost. And this is what this Shabbos is all about. This is the special dimension of this Shabbos. It's the divine consolation. Hashem will replace that which we have lost. He will replace our holy home in the center of Jerusalem upon that magnificent mount that is known as Har Habayit, the mountain that has the house of God. He will bring to mind what in fact the positive, benevolent purpose good purpose of all these years of exile. Yes, we have suffered. Yes, we have gone through tremendous difficulty throughout the ages. But Hashem says, ultimately, when Mashiach comes, I will show you clearly why all of that was your benefit. It's something which brought you great blessing. You didn't see it at the time. It was a blessing that was too immense, too powerful, too great for you to appreciate. It was a light that was overwhelming. It was a light that blinded you. But with the coming of Mashiach, your eyes will open altogether differently. You will then become a vessel through which and by which you can see the ultimate light and you will see the incredible light that was contained within the darkness of Gullus, within the darkness of exile. This is the Nachamu of Hashem. This is the great consolation that comes from God. This is how he is saying, I will replace everything. You will see why, in fact, whatever I sent you, whatever I sent you throughout the ages was indeed a great blessing. And now you'll have the incredible reward, the coming of Mashiach, to see those things, to understand what in fact the temple is. And this is why, this is why we mourn. Yes, of course we mourn, because we experience a tremendous sense of loss. At the same time, however, we celebrate. We celebrate with a tremendous sense of purpose, of greatness, with a tremendous sense of joy, with a tremendous sense of anticipation and faith, with a tremendous sense of knowing full well that all of this will in fact be revealed as something which is great, as something which is powerful. And it's also interesting to note that a day after Tishabov, yesterday we were in the depths of sadness, in the depths of mourning, all sorts of restrictions, not only fasting, but all sorts of restrictions, restrictions that touched our heart, that touched our minds, that touches our soul. Today, those Restrictions are gone. After 12 o'clock today, as we're sitting now talking to each other, we know it's a time for great celebration. It's a time for a great expression of our faith, what we believe in, what we stand for, what we hope for, what we will receive. Nachamu, nachamu, ami. And while we went through three weeks of pain, starting with Shiva Asubitamos, intensifying at the beginning of nine days, coming to a terrible climax on Tisha B'Av. At the same time, Hashem says, what I will give you will be more than double. I will give you seven weeks of divine consolation of gifts. And this God will help us, will in fact become something which is permanent in our lives, Shabbos Nachmu, that comes directly after Tisha B'Av. More of that soon. This is the Pasha Hashavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. We're talking about how, in fact, Nachamu, the ultimate consolation that comes from God himself through the words of the great prophet Isaiah, always falls out on the Parsha of Etchanan that we study this particular week. And the Etchanan is one of those parshiot in the Torah that if in fact there was only one parsha, many would suggest the Etchanan would 
be that Parsha. Because it has everything in this Parsha. It has the repetition of the Ten Commandments, the foundation of Jewish faith and Jewish observance. What we receive from God directly at Sinai, the Ten Commandments, the highlight of the entire liberation and redemption of the Jewish people coming out of Egypt, the Ten Commandments, the Word of God, repeated in this week's Parsha. We have the Shema, the ultimate prayer of the Jewish people, a prayer that everyone is familiar with, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Achod, that prayer that we say at least twice a day, we should say twice a day, the prayer that expresses our hope, our faith in the oneness of God, how we look at the entire creation, how we look at everything around us, and it all comes down to Hashem Echad, God is the creator, managing the world, every single detail, constantly recreated, constantly being taken care of, constantly directed and managed by God himself, anything and everything that happens is not accidental, it's not coincidental, it's not random, it is planned by Hashem to the most specific detail. And as the Baal Shem told us, a leaf falling down from a tree, a little ant crawling around, crawling across the ground, all of that is directed by Hashem for specific reason and specific purpose. And this is something which might boggle the mind, but it doesn't, because as time goes on, we appreciate more and more, even from a scientific point of view, even from a technological point of view, the vitality, the importance, the necessity of detail. The tiniest detail can have a profound impact, a profound effect upon all of creation. We know that. And because of that, we appreciate more and more as we say, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Achad. It's not only a prayer of great faith expression, it's an awareness that there is the oneness of God. And the Et Hanan is that Parsha. The Et Hanan is that Parsha that contains all this and more. It contains the story of what we read, what we read yesterday on Tisha B'Av, the story of you will have children and children's children who will rebel who will leave the trodden path of authentic Yiddishkeit, of authentic Judaism. They will wander off to strange and destructive places. It'll be a time of spiritual chaos, a time of spiritual loss. Children and children's children won't know who and what they are. They will seek strange and foreign pastures to nurture their souls, to nurture their hearts, to nurture the great desire for having purpose in their lives. And this is something that we've seen time and again throughout Jewish history, how Jewish people have somehow migrated toward terrible, destructive ideas, ideas that may have seemed at the time something which is positive, beneficial, and good. But within the fullness of time, we see the destruction. We see that which is corrupt within it, and it falls apart time and again in our own generation as well. Vo'et Hanan contains every single detail of Jewish life, every single detail of Jewish experience, every single detail of Jewish challenge that we had to go through and we continue to go through. And this is why it's the Ten Commandments and this is why it's the Shema, because all these things are interconnected. Our faith, our hope, our authenticity, challenged very often and sometimes tragically modified by so-called modern minds, but we all come back to the core. We all come back to the essence of who and what we are. We are those 
who stood at Sinai and received directly from God the Ten Commandments. We are those who proclaim with pride, with joy, with tremendous dignity, Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad. And it all comes in a parsha called Ve'et Chanan. And what does Ve'et Chanan mean? Ve'et Chanan means Moshe is telling the Jewish people, I pleaded with God. I begged God time and again. I begged God to let me cross the Jordan and enter the land together with you. But it was denied to me. I made one mistake and Moshe says that mistake came about as a result of your, well, your impatient behavior. You wanted water, you wanted it instantly, instead of speaking to the rock. I hit the rock, that's a whole different story. But Moshe somehow blames the Jewish people for the fact that God won't allow him to come into the promised land. And we wonder about this. Our sages tell us something which actually is totally mind-boggling says that Moshe pleaded with God. He asked God to allow him to come into the promised land 515 times. Not once, not twice, not 10 times, not a 100 times. 515 times. Because Vo'et Hanan, the numerical value, the Gematria, the numerical value of the word Vo'et Hanan is 515. And from this they learned something very, very profound. 550 times. And it wasn't like a, well, a angry little child who keeps on nagging the parents, I want, I want, I want. And finally, the frustrated parent, simply out of desperation, gives in to the child. Moshe was not a nagging child, nor would God respond to him like a frustrated parent. It was a powerful prayer, 515 times. And we think to ourselves, why was it necessary? Why was it necessary for Moshe to go through this experience 515 times and again and again to be told by God, no, you will not come into the promised land. And why, in fact, is it this Parsha that contains all the incredible and wonderful things that I mentioned before, the Shema, the Ten Commandments, the story of Jewish history? Because we have to remember what is taking place? This is not only a farewell speech from Moshe, the book of Deuteronomy, where he says goodbye to his people whom he served with absolute love and dedication for so many years. This is Moshe speaking to the Jewish people from his heart, telling them what will be that which will protect and save them throughout the coming generations. He said, I wanted to come into the promised land with you because I wanted to continue my mission of protecting you. If we go through the entire Torah, what do we see again and again and again? Something which I talk about often. The leadership of Moshe, the caring leadership. He was concerned for his people. He loved his people and therefore defended them. Sometimes, well, at great risk in front of God. But nonetheless, this is what Moshe does time and again, protecting the Jewish people. And this is what he wants to do because he knows that the people who are going into the promised land, they will face incredibly great challenges. And those challenges might overwhelm them. And as history has shown, did overwhelm them. He saw in the future that they will lose the temple not once, 
not once but twice, and they will go into exile. They will have to go through the indignity of losing their identity in the eyes of nations that want to destroy them again and again and again. And this is something which hurt Moshe to the very essence of his being. This is something which bothered Moshe. And he pleaded with God 515 times, Please allow me to go into the land. Not for my personal benefit, as some commentaries point out, that he wanted to fulfill the mitzvot that can only be fulfilled in the land of Israel, in Eretz Israel, the Holy Land. He wanted to continue his role as the Ro'en Neman, that trusting, loving shepherd who wanted to look after each and every single Jew. He wanted to protect them against the ravages that they will experience in the promised land in the initial years and in subsequent years. And this is why 515 times, it's not only because it's the gematria, the numerical value of Atchanan, but there were 500 and different types of prayer, types of doors that he wanted to appeal to God. He didn't accept after one, didn't accept after a hundred, didn't accept after two hundred. But he went through every possible type of prayer, and our sages tell us there are 515 different types of prayer. He wanted to go through each and every single one to ensure that he did his very best, as far as the people are concerned, that he did his very best to protect his people. Well, what does Hashem say now? That this is a time that they have to grow up. They cannot be under your incredible constant protection where anything goes wrong, you look after them. This is a time of a different greatness that they have to achieve, a different challenge, not for the purpose of challenge alone, but they will elevate to a new greatness. They will come to a spiritual maturity as a result of their negative experiences and returning with the positive experiences as well. This is what this parsha is all about. It's not only Moshe blaming the people. He is telling them, listen to me, listen carefully. I've tried every single avenue to look after you, to pray for you, to try and come into the land with you and protect you in that process. But Hashem says, this is a time for you to grow up. So listen to what I'm going to say. I'm not only going to, well, pour my heart out and tell you, how badly I feel that I can't come into the promised land. More than that, I want you to understand the purpose of the Ten Commandments. I want you to understand the concept of Shema Yisrael. I want you to understand the concept of prayer, how each and every single day you have to look to God and to appreciate all that is around you comes from God. You might see a natural order out there, but it's not a natural order. It is something which is being directed by God. And remember your Behavior has to be based upon the Ten Commandments. This is not something which happened once upon a time. This is not something which happened in the distant past. This is not something which your parents experienced years ago. This is what you have to live by. You have to live by the code, the code of faith, the code of observance, the code of knowing that your way of life comes directly from God. Don't make the mistake of looking at so-called modern ideas, whatever it might be, a thousand years ago, two thousand years ago, whatever it might be, those modern ideas are in contradiction to the eternal values of Torah. And this is why the Ten Commandments of Torah has to be real to you. You have to go through the experience of actually trying to remember to re-experience 
revelation at Sinai, to understand what the Shema Yisrael is. I will not be there. Yes, you will have leaders. You will have great leaders who will look after you. But the particular type of leadership that only Moshe was able to give, this will not be with you. This is a time of your new and great maturity. Use it well. More of that soon. This is the Pasha HaShavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. We're talking about Vet Hanan. We're talking about how Moshe pleaded with God 515 times to allow him to enter the promised land, but he was refused. But before continue, I mentioned this the last couple of weeks for those who would like to have the daily mitzvah of the Rambam. Every single morning on High FM at 6.36 at the Howard Feldman Show, there will be the two-minute mitzvah of the day. Listen in. If you can't listen in or if you want to receive it as well on your WhatsApp every single day, then send a message to 082-862-7499. That's 082 082- Eight six two seven four double nine, and say that you would like to receive the daily mitzvah on your WhatsApp on a daily basis, and you will receive it under two minutes, the daily mitzvah of the day of the Rambam. We're talking about Ve'et Hanan. We're talking about this incredible plea on the part of Moshe. We're talking about Moshe speaking to God, and God telling him, no, it's time for the Jewish people to mature. It's a time for the Jewish people to fend for themselves. They cannot be taken care. Of course they will be led. Of course they will be protected. Of course they will have great and powerful leaders throughout their lives, throughout Jewish history. But at the same time, they also have to make a personal contribution. They have to be involved in transforming the world, of taking the negativity of the world, taking the darkness of the world, of taking the non-godliness of the world and revealing godliness through their actions. And how is that accomplished? That's accomplished again and again, as we see in the Parsha, through the observance of the mitzvot. Go through the Parsha and count how many times in this Parsha does Moshe tell the people, Vasitem, you shall do the mitzvahs, you shall perform the mitzvahs, you shall do the mitzvahs, and not only that, but you shall protect the mitzvahs. You shall protect God's commandment. Don't add anything to it. Don't diminish anything from it. Don't in any way modify it. This is eternal. This is something which exists at all times, in all places, in all situations. Don't in any way tamper with something which is absolutely correct and precious. Don't tamper with something that needs no tampering. Yes, in each and every single generation, we have the application of halacha. We have the application of the mitzvot. Learn to use them correctly. This is the message of the Parsha. The message of the Parsha is the incredible gift, responsibility, duty, and privilege of we being those standard bearers who in fact prove the existence of God time and again as a result of our incredible faith. And how do we show our faith? We don't show our faith by simply throwing up our arms and declaring our faith in God. We show our faith through practical actions. Those are known 
as mitzvot. The idea of kashrut is as real today as it was a thousand years ago, as it was two and a half thousand years ago. The observance of Shabbat, the putting on of film, those mitzvot that are part and parcel of our lives, they are etched, it's part of our essential DNA. We are hardwired to be individuals who have the ability despite sometimes the incredible challenges of doing mitzvot. And this is what we just celebrate. We celebrate Nachamu. Yesterday we had Tisha B'Av. Yesterday we had a stark and painful reminder of the mistakes that we made in history. And this is why we had to go through an experience of loss, an experience of grief, an experience of mourning, recognizing greatness, revelation, purpose that was taken away from us. But at the same time, soon thereafter, in this year, within 24 hours, we celebrate Nachamu, the promise that we will again have that opportunity. And this is why moments before Mashiach comes, the moment before this great and ultimate gift of the third temple, the coming of Mashiach, is given to us, we still have the time to do those mitzvot, to finish the job of perfecting, transforming, refining the exile to the nth degree. This is what Va'atchanan is all about. Moshe is not merely pouring out his heart to us. Moshe is telling us, this is the key to your survival. This is the way that you as a people will ultimately march into the promised land in the fullest sense of the word with the coming of Mashiach. You are the people that will ultimately see total and complete redemption. You are the people that will experience that incredible ultimate purpose of God's creation. But at the same time, while you walk through the darkness of the exile experience, remember and remember full well what you have to do, Asitem. you have to do those mitzvot time and time and time again. And this is why, as I said before, if there is any one parsha which in so many words would be the parsha, it would probably be Chanan, because it contains everything, the Ten Commandments, the Shema, a short history of failure, yes, of failure, for us to retain that authenticity, that total devotion. It's a time that we're told again and again the importance of each mitzvah and how we are gifted by the fact that we can do them. And by doing them, we not only fulfill the will of God, we not only fulfill that which he is instructing us to do, but we are perfecting the world at the highest level as well. So this Shabbos, take the time. First of all, it's a joyous Shabbos. It's a joyous Shabbos known throughout as Shabbos Nachmu, the Shabbos of consolation, of divine consolation, of replacement, where there is no shadow of sadness or loss. Everything is fully and completely replaced in the fullest sense of the word. It's not a human consolation. It is a divine consolation. It's a Shabbos of great joy throughout the Jewish world, let's take that opportunity of using that joy of approaching the Parsha and go through this Parsha slowly. You will be fascinated by what it contains. Each and every single word, we hear that resonating voice of Moshe speaking to us in the most personal sense, telling us this is the key to your survival. This is how you have to do it. It's Ba'et Hanan. Moshe pleaded 515 times in order for us to understand the incredible privilege of maturing Jewishly and spiritually. Use the time correctly. 
get a chumash, make sure that you review it, and you review it properly. Have a good and wonderful Shabbos. Good Shabbos.